so I, uh, Friday, Brenda and I celebrated 39 years of marriage. I actually have a picture. That's us. Yeah, we're kids. Show the other one. Look at that. Crazy, huh? I did have brown hair at one time. I got premature gray, so I think by the time I was probably 32, I was half gray already. But I did have brown hair once. I have to go back and look at that. 39 years. So I'm going to, actually, I'm, it's, this is not a message about marriage. It's actually a message about being married to God, which is kind of an interesting concept. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but before I do that, I want to pray for people because I recognize when I talk about marriage, there's pain in people's hearts over marriage for a lot of people. Not everybody, but in this room, I'm sure, I know the first hour, um, people have experienced divorce and breakup. People have experienced betrayal. People have lost their spouse. Uh, there were widows in last hour. I'm sure there may be some this year, and a, and a widower. And so can I pray for you all first? Especially if you're single, I want to pray for you, then I'm going to pray for couples. But I want to pray for you if you're single here today. I want to say this before I pray. Sometimes, because I have such a passion and conviction for healthy marriages and families, I think that sometimes I make people who are single feel less than. And man, Apostle Paul says if you're single, that's the best. You don't have near as many issues and problems. And you've got a lot more opportunity to serve God if you're single. Paul said, if you can be single, do that. That's what he said. That's what the Apostle Paul said, because he was single. Uh, So I just want to make sure that if you're in our body and we're talking about marriage, I never, ever want to make somebody who's single feel less than. So I'm going to pray for you real quick. Father, I thank you for the privilege of the people in this church and in this room to experience the healing grace of Jesus Christ and the hope of Jesus Christ in the realm of human relationships. I thank you, Father, that you want to come beside those who have loss and that you will make up the difference for them, that you will heal past hurt or loss, that you're the perfect spouse in the spirit realm, that you will comfort and give peace and let them know you're with them. Embrace them with your love right now, I ask in Jesus' name. And for those who are here who are single, who look forward to someday being married, I just come to agreement with the right person that loves Jesus for every single person in this room. That, Lord, you would bring the right person at the right time, and they could do life together with somebody that loves Jesus as much as they do. I ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you're married, I'm going to pray for you real quick. Can I? Because I'm going to be sharing. My bride is, was here first hour. She's preparing dinner for her mom whose birthday is today. So, Father, I pray for every couple in this room as I talk about marriage, Father, that there would be a gift of revelation for each marriage to go from glory to glory. If there's hurt, I release hope and healing. Father, if there's challenges, I release wisdom and love. And so every marriage, Father, is built up this morning as well in Jesus' name. Amen. 39 years is, is quite a long time. There's a few in here who have been married longer. But I figured it out. 39 years is 14,235 days. And my bride, my wife, Brenda, 
is the cook in our house. I've barbecued a few times, and I've made a few breakfast pancakes and bacon. But for the most part, Brenda has always cooked. So we go out to eat now and then, more now than we used to. Uh, but we go out to eat now and then. I cook once, probably twice maybe a year. So I figured out that she has probably made 85% at least of my dinners for 39 years. That's a lot of dinners. And that doesn't include lunches or breakfasts that she's made for me. And we were at Grape Tap. Last year you guys gave me a gift, pastor appreciation gift, and I, we still had the card and uh, decided to use it this year. We went out to Grape Tap Friday night for our anniversary. And the lady came by and they said, this is a special occasion. We said, yeah, it's our anniversary. She says, well, how long have you been married? And, and uh, Brenda said, 39 years. And uh, she said, well, tell me your secret. And Brenda said, well, God. And uh, she's, she's more verbal than I am. She's quicker with words. So she came up with all the answers. And then, <laughs> that's the way it is with ladies. They have, they're quicker with the words. And, uh, and, then, and then she said, God. And then she says, well, we, we put each other first. And one of our scriptures that we grabbed a hold of as family early on is Philippians 2, where it says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty, empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than yourself. I was this morning praying and thinking about this message, and, and I, all of a sudden I just like, man, I got undone with the goodness of God. And I want you to know that the way you have a good marriage is you, you said, yes, I do, for us 39 years ago. But the way you have a good marriage is every day you say, I do. Every day you choose your spouse. Every day I choose Brenda. I'm pointing at her because this is where she sits, but she's not there. <laughs> every day she chooses me. Every day... She chooses to serve me. Every day I choose to serve her. Her love language is acts of service. One of the things the Lord does and then he smiles about it is he gives us different love languages. He says, learn each other's love language. And I had a little while before I knew that my hugs didn't fill her up because I'm a hugger. And I realized after a while that my hugs didn't fill her up and my words of affirmation. I had to learn her love language, which was, acts of service, or else she didn't feel loved. And it took a little while, but I, and I'm still learning, by the way. But I realized was, this morning, as we're think, I was thinking about this message, not only when we choose each other, every time I choose Brenda, I'm choosing Jesus. When we stepped into our vows... We made a covenant and a promise to one another that we would love each other come sickness, health, hard things, good things. And we did it in light of God's love for us. And so we realize our faithfulness to one another is a revelation or a demonstration of our faithfulness to Jesus. And we don't get it right a lot of the time. And so there are many times more for me or for her than me, she has to look, she's had to forgive me way more times than I think I've had to forgive her. But every time she forgives me, she chooses Jesus. 
Every time I forgive her, I'm choosing her, but I'm choosing, I'm choosing Jesus. Now, here's, here's something if you're married, I want you to get a grab a hold of. The Christ in Brenda made me, this may seem weird to you, but this is what I believe. The Christ in Brenda made me dinners for 39 years. I asked her last night, I said, so if you're going to talk to somebody about how I've loved you, I'd like, oh, I don't know if I want to ask this question. If you're going to talk to somebody about how I've loved you, what would you say? And she said, well, you do things for me. I said, yeah. <laughs> and then she says, this, this, I'm really glad she said this, made me feel way better. She said, you, you listen to me. You listen to me. Sometimes she has to remind me to do that, by the way. I'm not perfect by any means. She says, you listen to me and you care about my heart. Every time I listen to her and care about her heart, it's because the Jesus in me is motivating me to value her. You see, if I value her for what I get from her, that's not love. That's manipulation. If she values me for what she gets from me, that's not love, that's manipulation. All, all of this reason I'm sharing this is not really to talk about marriage, but talk about God's love. Because the love that God has for us is to be an energy that is released through our lives. I was talking to a lady recently, I've been sharing the gospel with and she's on that journey of, of considering Christ. And, and she, what happens when they're on that journey, there's certain arguments that's been raised up against the knowledge of Jesus. And her argument was, she says, I don't think we're supposed to do things because we'll get judged. If we don't, I think we're supposed to do things. I, I'm, let me say it better. I think we're to do things that are right because they're right, not because we'll be judged. And I said, I think that's true. In fact, the way I would say that is I think we're supposed to perform from God, not for God. In other words, you are created to have a relationship with God, and it's out of a realm of a love relationship that love is flowing to people around you. You guys know the number one commandment, right, is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, and those two laws, right, commandments, fulfill all the laws and the prophets. So you get those two, you got them. How many of you know it's impossible for you to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Unless that love first came from heaven. In other words, you can't love that kind of love until you've been loved by that kind of love. You can't give away love like you want to until you've received it. John 15, 9 is a scripture that's been thrown around on staff lately quite a bit. This is what Jesus said. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. My, my heart this morning is like Brenda and I each day, we choose each other. Regardless of, in spite of our feelings, we choose each other because when we choose each other, we're actually 
choosing Jesus. And what I'm inviting you into with me as a church, we're going on a journey, and it's all about Jesus, is every day choosing Jesus. The Christian life is not about getting to heaven. I want that to seek in. It includes getting to heaven, but that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is heaven getting into you. It's heaven getting into you. And so this morning, I'm going to be talking about the love of God quite a bit because he's crazy about people. And so often we think Christianity is about doctrines, even though Christianity includes doctrines. It's not about doctrines. It's about a person who is defined as a God of love. I was sitting with my grandson for lunch. I try to take my grandsons out individually, celebrate their birthday. I was a little late getting this one to this one, but I uh, went to lunch with him, and I was talking to Eli, and uh, we were talking about football. He really likes football, so we spent the first half of our conversation about football, and then we said something about it being my, it was on my anniversary, it was earlier in the day, and he said, how long have you been married, Papa? And I said, he's 13. I said, 39 wonderful and hard years. Mostly wonderful. And he said, wow, that's a long time. He's 13, so yeah, that's probably a long time to him. And then I just felt like saying, I said, Eli, did you know that if you believe in Jesus, you're part of the bride of Christ? He, he turned his head kind of sideways. That's weird. <laughs> I said, Yeah. It's kind of weird being a man, being part of the body of Christ, but it's, if you think about it in the spirit, it's not about natural, it's about being close to God. It's about doing life with God. It's about into me see. It's about knowing God. And so we, started, we ended up talking quite a bit. I love what I'm not going to get into. One of his questions was, well, why did God make us anyway? I love those kind of questions, by the way. They're honest. They make you think, why did God make us? And uh, I guess I will answer that. I said, because he has a capacity to love more than perfect beings. He has a capacity to love imperfect beings. In fact, he created humans so that he could demonstrate unconditional commitment to the highest good of others. Actually, ultimately, by laying down his life, the son of his life, Jesus' own life. And so we're sitting there talking about that a little bit. And I said, you know, Eli, that my love for Brenda and her love for me produced children. Love always produces fruit. And our love produced children. And then they got married, and their love produced children. I want you to know that I find my fulfillment in life in loving. I get to sit with my grandson and love you. I get full when I love you. This is God. God has the capacity to love every person he's created, and that's what he wants to do. That's what he desires to do, is to love, because God is love. Let's look at 1 John 8, 4, 8. It says, the one who does not love 
does not know God, for God is love. I, I ran across a, a kind of a funny story, a teacher teaching some kids probably about Eli's age or maybe a little bit younger, and she was an atheist and she was outspoken about it. And so she asked her class, you know, how many here are atheists? And uh, a few raised their hand, and one stood up, this young girl, she stood up named Lucy, she says, not me. The teacher was kind of frustrated, said, well, why are you not an atheist? She says, well, I'm a Christian. She said, when I was, I was brought up by mom, who's a Christian, I was brought up by a dad who's a Christian, and now I'm a Christian. The teacher was angry. She said loudly, well, what if your mom was a moron? What if your dad was a moron? Would you be a moron? Lucy stopped for a minute, and she said, no, I'd probably be an atheist. That probably wasn't a nice joke. <clears throat> Actually, the reason I shared that not, is not just to give you guys an opportunity to laugh, but it really is the truth, is you don't come into Christianity based upon somebody else's relationship with God. How do you know that you know God? It says right here, the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So how do you know? You love. What kind of love? This is the kind of love that we're talking about. I come to Derek and I look for opportunities to give my energy, my resources to Derek so he has value. That's the kind of love. It's, it's when I bring my life and I give it away so Aaron can have life. It can come through encouragement. It can come through giving finances. It can come through helping you with your car issues. But the way you know that you're a believer is you've met the God of love and love is flowing. If love is not flowing, there's one of two things that have happened. You either haven't met him yet, even though you prayed a prayer and got baptized. If love's not flowing, either you haven't met him yet or you've got your heart fixed on other lovers that doesn't fill you up. At First John 4 says it like this, In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. Can you say that word, propitiation? You guys use that every day in your language, don't you? Propitiation means full payment. For our sins. First John 4.10. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be pleasing sacrifice offering, sacrificial offering, to take away our sins. This is what I really am praying the Holy Spirit will help everybody in this room get. And I know a lot of us already have this, but I'm just praying it even goes deeper. Before Pat was born... Jesus knew that Pat needed him to die for him, to have relationship with God. So when Jesus went to the cross, he took all of the punishment for sin that should have been Pat's was put on him. Why? Because he says, I would rather, 
I would rather Pat, I would rather die than let Pat be separated from God's love. Every person in this room, he knows you by name. He knows who you are. He has experienced your failure on his body because he loves you. He loves you, 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 he loves you. Any other voice is the devil's voice. He loved you before the foundation of the earth. He is crazy. I, I use that term all. He's crazy about you. So what, how to respond? Let me just say, respond this way. Rick Warren says, our number one assignment is to receive his love. Over and over and over and over and over to receive his love, to be filled up with his love, to abide in his love. Can we do something together? I just want to do this. Take a moment. I, I'm reading a book in my devotions right now uh, by Chris Cruz. says, Practicing the Presence of Jesus. That's kind of what our church is pursuing right now is the presence of Jesus. And uh, I actually have a kind of an interaction with Jesus I'd like us all to do together. Are you guys in? Raise your hands if you're in. All right. Some of you are in. Just do this with me, okay? Read this with me. I'll probably stop a couple times but I, because I, want, I don't want to do a fast. Jesus, you are here with me. Read this with me. Jesus, you are here with me. My heart is glad and full of joy in your presence. I want you to say this out loud. I belong here. Yeah. Read with me. The world might misunderstand me, but you understand me. You see me and know me. Speak to me like a man speaks to a friend. I'll let go of everything so I can be here with you. You're what holds me together. I just want to give you some really good news. You can't do anything to make him love you less, and you can't do anything to make him love you more. You've heard that over and over again. It's not because of our behavior, it's because of his character. And the key to the Christian life is learning how to abide in his love. The Apostle Paul prayed this prayer. This is what he says. I pray that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but it means that's a lot of love. Jesus gives this invitation, John 
3, 37, he says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Everybody say rivers. rivers. Can you look at the picture? Rivers of living water. Here, just, just for a moment, just, I just want you to say, I choose Jesus. Say, I choose Jesus. Again. Last week, Mariah brought her message out of uh, Revelation chapter 2, talking about returning to our first love. And uh, you remember the angel came to the church of Ephesus and said, you're doing a really a lot of good stuff and you're working really hard and you haven't like stepped into evil and I'm really happy about all those things. I have one thing I'm concerned about. One thing I have against you is you've left your first love. Repent and turn and do the things that you were doing when you first fell in love with me. And then she made this statement. She said, following Jesus is simple, but it'll cost you everything. Did you, anybody hear last week? Anybody hear that? She said, it's simple, but it will cost you everything. And it's a true statement. However, I want to say this. If I give my life to Jesus and I get his in return, this wimpy human life, I say, die, so I can have his life? I, yeah, it costs me my wimpy life that I can be filled with resurrection power. I, I have a picture of a fancy car. I, I don't know how many of you like cars. This is a Ferrari F60. Anybody ever rode one of them? They go for $2.5 million. I want to just tell you, they have an engine in it, 6.2 liter V12, turns out 740 horsepower. You can go, <laughs> this scare me to death to do this, you can go to 60 miles an hour in three seconds. 2.5 million. How many, how, many, how many, if you were given the chance, that you would say, I'll give you my car and I'll take that car? How many would say yes? There's some, there's some in this room, at least there was some next hour. Oh, no, I wouldn't want that car. I'd probably get in trouble with that car. I want, my, I want my pickup. I like my pickup, too. But guess what? With that car, you can sell it and buy 50 $50,000 pickups. No, I'm sorry. That's not true. You can buy 50000 $50,000 pickups. Now, how many wants to make that trade? This is the difference, you guys. This is what we're talking about. It costs you everything, but it doesn't cost you anything. The Apostle Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. God, God lives in me. The life that I live by faith I, or by, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life up for me. Man, I choose daily to die to self that Christ might live through me. I uh, tell a quick story. We're going to do communion here. I'm cutting this message short because it goes for another 20 minutes and we don't have 20 minutes. I, I was uh, in a mission trip and I was down front in worship. And actually we were singing a song we sang today. Um, hallelujah, 
Um, and I was just in this place and just, just experiencing the presence of the Lord. And I got a tap on my shoulder. And this guy since, uh, leans over to me and said, we need a prayer minister to go pray for a lady up there. Um, she has leprosy. Well, I have never prayed for anybody with leprosy before. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't that thing, isn't that, that <laughs> contagious thing where arms fall off and legs fall off and fingers fall off? And like, isn't that contagious? I mean, I'm th- that's what I'm thinking in my mind, you know. And, and, I'm, and so I'm thinking there, okay, oh, am I willing to do this? I found out later that you have to be in proximity of leprosy for quite a while before this possibility of, of catching it. But I didn't know it at the moment. And I'm going, okay, Jesus, I'm stepping into this. And I go back there. I'm going to get up here so everybody can watch because I'm going to share, kind of demonstrate what happened. So I go back there, and it's a woman in a wheelchair. And she's about 70 years old, I'm guessing. And her, her daughter has brought her from the, not a hospital, it's a leprosy home, has brought her to this crusade for prayer. And so she's in her wheelchair. She's actually, she's got a dress down to here. So I actually could see her bare legs and they were chalk, chalky white. They were like, almost, you know, flinting off. It was really interesting um, looking legs. And, and so I just, I didn't know what else to do. I, I just bent down on my knees, you know, and so I put my hand on her legs, her chalky legs, and I go, Jesus, you know, this is your ministry, not mine. So <laughs> you're the healer, not me. So Jesus, in Jesus' name, I speak healing over these legs. God, heal these legs. Oh, God, heal these legs. I, I said probably better prayer than that. I don't know. And, and nothing's happening. There's no change. Nothing's happening. Her, her daughter's right here. She actually speaks English and Portuguese. So I, I stood up and I said, uh, Do you, does your mom know Jesus? And she says, um, I don't think so. I said, ask her if she wants to know Jesus. And uh, so they have Portuguese dialogue and the mom goes, I'm going, oh, Okay, I'm not, I'm not very religious, so I inside I went, oh, crap. And uh, so I'm sitting there thinking, now what? And I remembered that one of the issues over there is witchcraft, and Macumba is the witchcraft. And I said, ask her if she's been involved in Macumba. And so her daughter asks her, and sure enough, she shakes her head. And I said, ask her if she will renounce Macumba. So she asks her in Portuguese, she, she goes, I went, oh, crap. (laughs) And then the Lord gave me the next step. I leaned over and I said, I want you just to repeat in Portuguese what I say in English. What's your mom's name? I don't remember what it is, was it was anymore, but I'm going to say Lucille just for sake. I put my arms around her and I held her. And I said, repeat after me. For God so loved Lucille that he gave his only begotten son that if Lucille will believe in him, she will live everlasting and have a relationship with God. And I pulled back and his tear is going down her face And I said, 
ask her if she wants to know Jesus. She asked her, and she goes, and so we prayed to let Jesus come. Actually, before that, I said, let's break off the curse of Macumba. So we canceled the authority of witchcraft over her life. And I said, now I want you to pray with me. And so we invited Jesus Christ to come into her life, become her Lord and her Savior. Then I got down on my knees. Sometimes he does it differently. Sometimes he heals, and then you could tell him why he healed. I got down on my knees, and I started praying. Immediately, heat hits my hands. Immediately, heat hits her legs. Immediately, her legs start changing color. I don't, I don't, I don't know the full uh, extent because it's one of those things where you pray. Her, the daughter is like exuberant because she's watching her mom get saved and then healed. But I want to share something with you. When they came and they said, well, we want you to pray something with lep- somebody with leprosy, I had to decide. Would I lay down my life for other person to know the love of God. And in that moment, in my weakness, I can't tell you that Dennis said yes, but the Holy Spirit in me said yes. Let's bring the sacraments forward. The worship team can come on up here. What we are stepping into as a church is a journey of pursuit of the Lord. And that journey of pursuit of the Lord and a new fresh revelation of his love, new fresh revelation of his power is going to invite you into some decisions about will you forsake pleasures of this life to know Jesus? I'll say it over here. Will you go ahead and pass it out? Go ahead and just hold on a second. Will you forsake some pleasures in this world to know Jesus? Will you forsake the pursuit of things to know Jesus? I'll say it on this side. Will you pursue the forsake of things to know Jesus? Will you forsake the pursuit of popularity to know Jesus? Will you forsake the pursuit of the, pl- the applause of man to know Jesus? First John says it this way. <clears throat> Do not love the world or the things of the world. For he who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world. In this place we take remember the work of the cross we're inviting the Lord to come and be our not just our Savior but actually the Bible says He is the groom for the bride of Christ. And he says, 
I don't have a problem with pleasures. I have, don't have a problem with things. I don't have a problem with the applause of men. What I have a problem is, is when you make those things more important than me. And the Lord wants to bring the church back into first love, fiery love, hot love for Him. He wants you to know Him. He so, so wants you to know Him. He's so, so, so crazy about each one in this room. <laughs> oh. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me? I want to do this one more time. If you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you can do it right now. I mean, you don't have to wait for some kind. But it's not a matter of getting to heaven, although that's part of the equation. It's a matter of getting His life into you. Of letting Him love you. Letting Him become the leader of your life. I want the church, I want you guys, I want you to experience the reality of his presence this morning. And I'd like to go back to that reading that we did earlier and just allow the Spirit of God as you're holding on to the sacraments, to allow the Spirit of God just to minister to you one more time through this reading. Say out loud with me, Jesus, you are here with me. My heart is glad and full of joy in your presence. Say, I belong here. Yeah, God, right now, I just pray for those people who've walked through life alone and not knowing the presence of Jesus, the love of Jesus. For some of us, we may have prayed a prayer so we wouldn't die and go to hell, but we still haven't experienced the love of Jesus. God, I want every person, I pray every person in this room could sense that they belong with you. Say this, the world might misunderstand me, but you understand me. You see me and know me. Speak to me like a man speaks to a friend. I'll let go of everything so I can be here with you. I want to go to that chorus real quick. We're going to sing this before we take communion. Jesus, 
lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and now I know I love you, I need you, and though the world may fall, I'll never let you go. My Savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the very end. Yeah, God. Let's go ahead and remember that his body was broken so that we could be made whole. Lord, thank you right now. I thank you, Father, that you sent your son and that he actually was actually broken so we could be made whole. <laughs> That's a wonderful thing. And like we receive the wholeness of the life of Jesus today. Heal us where we need healed, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. In Jesus' name, go ahead, partake. cup is actually an expression I've said this before but I'll do it again in the Jewish tradition what would happen is if the man would invite his bride to marry him he actually had a cup and it would be handed to her a cup of wine and says will you drink this cup and if the bride drank it it meant she said yes and we are married to Christ And I'm asking you to choose Jesus again. Let's drink. We're going to finish with this song. This song has just been stirring my heart up. And one of the things I want us to sing this song for, this will be the end, is because really it's the journey that our church is on. And I want to invite you all to come with us. Actually, next Sunday, Saturday, Friday night and Saturday, we have an encounter weekend with Amy and Philip Ward. And I'm going to send out an email. If you're not on my core email list, please let me know. Every night this week, I'm going to send out an email just to stir your hunger to know the Lord. All right? Let's go ahead. How I live for the moment. Yeah, Lord, we're available. We want to love you more. We want to know you more. We desire to experience you more. We don't want to be religious people. We want to be in relationship with you, God. Lord, I pray that you would release the gift of hunger to know you like we've never had before. I thank you, Father, that you're moving in this church. You're increasing this work of the presence of God and the fire of God and the love of God. We welcome that move, God. We're available for that move. We want fiery love for Jesus, Lord. So if we're lukewarm, show us how to get out of it. We've lost our first love. Show us how to get into it. This is my prayer, Father, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hey, if you're here today and you need prayer, we're going to have people up here. But if you need Jesus, come. This is a great day.
to come into a right relationship with the Lord. It's a beautiful thing to step into it. And so we invite you for that as well. Otherwise, be blessed. Stay hungry for God. Go deeper with Him. All right? Blessings on you.